0: Today on Bold Steps with Mark Job, we're discovering a powerful biblical key to finding success in our finances.
1: The majority of Christians in America struggle with their finances. The majority of Christians in America struggle with debt. The majority of Christians in America struggle with the same thing that the rest of society struggles with, I believe in part because we have not learned the power of giving.
0: Welcome to Bold Steps with Pastor Mark Job, President of Moody Bible Institute and Senior Pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Today, we're going deeper in a powerful new series called Wise, Having Sense and Making Change. As we've been discovering, the Bible has a lot to say about finances, and strangely enough, as important as this subject is to each of us, many of us have been ignoring or simply overlooking the clear and powerful guidance God has given us on how to handle our money. And in today's message titled, The Pie is Bigger Than What You Think, Mark Job is opening our eyes to one of the most powerful yet overlooked methods of building financial success, and that's the biblical principle of giving. If you're joining us late in this series, I encourage you to catch up online at boldstepsradio.org. But right now, let's join Mark Job for today's message.
1: Now, I've thought a lot about giving in my own life, And the whole principle behind giving as well. And why God wants us to give. I thought, Lord, you own a cattle on a thousand hills. You're not limited. Everything belongs to you. Why would you want us to give? You could create wealth and resources out of nothing. You're God. Why would you want your people that oftentimes struggle to give to your things. Why is it that you want us to give when you are the owner of all? The more I study giving, the more I've realized that we give not because God needs our gift. We give and are called to give because there's something that happens in us that we need to give. That when we don't give, we turn off the faucet of things that God wants to release into our lives. That when we... Don't give, there is something that we hinder ourselves from. That giving is not for God, that giving is for us. There's something powerful that's released when we give. And I want you to see this in these passages. As we, Here he says in this passage, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. So he goes directly to giving. Now, you've heard of the first fruits before. I've talked to you about this principle. But let me just refresh your mind. God doesn't just want our giving. In every area of our life, God wants to be first and foremost. God doesn't want the leftover of your affection. He wants to be the first love in your life. God doesn't want the leftover of your time. He wants the priority of your time. God doesn't want the leftover of your worship. He wants the first of your worship. God, in fact, do you realize that the Bible when it talks about followers of Jesus Christ, that Jesus said, unless a man leave father and brother and mother and sister, if he loves them more than me, he is not worthy to be my disciple. Those are some pretty hard words. If you love brother, sister, mother, notice he didn't say father-in-law or mother-in-law. More than me, you are not worthy to be my disciple. Because what God is saying is, I don't want you to say, come on, you say, oh, I love my brother. Oh, I love my sister. Oh, I love Connie's pizza. Oh, I love the socks. Oh, I love the bears. Oh, I love walking dead. Oh, I love whatever you may love. And then, oh, I love God. God's saying, I don't want to be one more of your things that you love in life. I don't want to be one of the multiple things that you say I have affection for. God says, I want to be far above every other love in your life. I want to be foremost, furthest, highest, number one. No comparison to my love. I want to be so high and lifted up. That anything that you love equal to me, anything that you love close to me, is considered idolatry. That means that you have an idol in your life that you've placed at the same level of God. And God says, I hate idolatry. Because God doesn't want anything in life to be higher than Him in your life. Hey, I want you to love your husband with all your might and soul. But if you love your husband more than God, he's an idol. Hey, I want you to love your children and be willing to give your life for them. But if you love them more than God, they're an idol. Hey, I want you to love your calling and your job and love what you do. But if you love it more than God, you have an idol. I, I want you to enjoy life and love food. And enjoy great food. But if you love it more than God. You have an idol. Hey I'm glad that you have a girlfriend. And that she's captured your heart. I hope that it really works out. But if you love your girlfriend more than God. If she's a priority in your life. Then you have an idol. And God says he will not. He will not share in his glory. God wants exclusive rights to the top place and position in your life. And so when it comes to our heart, our time, our mind, our worship, God wants number one. And when it comes to our giving, God wants the same thing. God says, hey, I'm glad you give gifts to your children. I want you to. I hope you bought your wife a Valentine's gift. That's great. I hope you give gifts on birthdays. That's awesome. I hope you're generous in giving to people. That is amazing because it flows out of a heart of generosity. But God says, even when it comes to giving, but I want first. I want number one. I don't want to have competition. I want you to give first to me above the first and the best. That's called the first fruits. And so this is what he taught the people of Israel. As soon as the harvest came out in the field... The people of Israel were to taught, you go to the fields, you harvest the best of your crop, you harvest the first of the crop, you bring it before the Lord, you wave it before the priest, before the offering, and you say, God, we give this to you. Now, we're not farmers today, so don't be coming here waving tomatoes at the altar here next tomorrow. I don't, I don't, you know, don't come with your tomatoes. But what we do have in our modern day society is we have paychecks. Most of us get a paycheck. If we're working legally, there's tax that's deducted, there's federal tax, state tax, we get a paycheck. The modern day equivalent to bringing our first fruits to God is that whenever you get increase or sources into your possession, that you give God First, a portion to him that you say, God, I got an increase or I got a check and I give you first a piece of my check to you, showing honor to you, telling you, God, that you are number one in my life. Listen what happens to most of us. Many of us are used to giving God leftovers. That's why I encourage you, if you're going to read the word and have your devotions, do it the first thing in the morning. Because, how many of you say, Well, I'm going to do it at night? Night comes and you've cleaned up after dinner, washed the dishes, put your kids to bed, watched a little news, and you are so tired. You open up your Bible, and how many of you have done this? (laughs) You say, I just really, I'm so tired, Lord. I know you understand God. (laughs) Well, He understands. You're not going to get lightning from heaven. But how about not giving God the leftovers? How about giving God a time when you're wide awake? In the morning, cup of coffee, wide awake. Instead of reading the paper, I read your word, that you speak to me. I'm giving God the best when he can speak to me clearly. I'm not giving God whatever's left over, but I'm giving him the best of what I have. And you see, I think God wants that in every area of our life. God doesn't want the leftovers of what we have in any area of our life. God says, I want the first, the best. I want the priority, and let me bless the rest in your life. Love God with all your heart, and God will increase your capacity to love. Give God the first of your time, and I believe God will increase your capacity to gain time. Give God the first of your attention, and I believe God will give you better and more attention. In other words, whatever you honor God first in, I believe he gives you more to resource the rest of your life. And it's the same with our giving. Give God the first and the best, the first fruits. Go first to God. First to his name, first to his work, you give to God. That's called the first, fr- first fruits principle in our giving. The other principle that's taught throughout scripture, and I don't have a lot of time to spend on this uh, today, but the other principle that's found is not only the first fruits principle, but it's also found in the Old Testament, before the law, during the law, after the law. It's called the tithe principle. The tithe is simply this. I take a portion of what God has given. The tithe means a tenth. I take a portion of what God has given me. I give it, according to my increase, a portion back to God to say, God, you have blessed me, so I give back to you from what you have given me.
0: You're listening to the Bible teaching of Mark Job on Bold Steps, a message titled, The Pie is Bigger Than What You Think. Before we move on to the final segment, though, we want to make sure you know where to find these daily programs in case you ever miss any on the radio. Just go online to our main website at BoldStepsRadio.org and catch up anytime. Or if you prefer to listen to these teachings while you're out on the go or perhaps even during a workout, you can subscribe to our podcast. You'll find the podcast by searching for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, or whichever podcast app you use. And if you do listen to us there, go ahead and leave a comment and a five-star review and let us know what the program means to you. And if Spanish is your first language, check out Pasos Adatas, the Bold Steps Minute translated into Spanish. Find this weekly motivating truth from the scriptures at boldstepsradio.org. All right, now continue with more about the principle of giving. Here again is Mark Job with the rest of today's lesson.
1: Now the majority of people in America don't tithe. The majority of Christians in America don't tithe. The majority of Christians in America give 2.5% of their income to God. That means that out of every $100, we give $2.50. The majority of Christians in America struggle with their finances. The majority of Christians in America struggle with debt. The majority of Christians in America struggle with the same thing that the rest of society struggles with, I believe in part, because we have not learned the power of giving. Listen to what it says in Malachi. This has been such a convicting passage over the years for me because in Malachi, the prophet was challenging a group of people that had lost the favor of God. And he says to them, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me but you say in what way have we robbed you in tithes and offerings you are cursed with the curse for you have robbed me even this whole nation There was a time in the people of Israel's time where God said I expect you to give the tithe but you're not giving the tithe so I count it robbery against me and because you're robbing me you're living under a curse in your finances because you're robbing me I believe the same could be said about our love towards God. God could say, I want you to love me first. But because you're not giving me the first of your love, it's affecting the way your marriage works or it's affecting the way your relationships work because give me the first and the best and watch how I fill you up to be able to love more. I believe when we give God the first that he replenishes so that we have more to give to others. Amen? Some of you are saying, yeah, amen, kind of amen. I read recently that if American Christians actually tithed and gave 10%, that if the believers in America actually did practice the tithe, that we would have $165 billion more. to meet needs, feed the poor, start churches, spread the gospel. 165 billion dollars more. Someone broke it down this way, they said we would have 25 billion could relieve global hunger and starvation and deaths from preventable diseases in five years. 12 billion could eliminate literacy in five years. 15 billion could solve the world's water and sanitation issues specifically in places where 1 billion people live on less than $1 per day. 1 billion could fully fund all the overseas missions work, and there'd be 100 to 110 billion would still be left over for additional ministry services. Think about that. I believe that one of the greatest challenges of our nation and one of the greatest challenges that we have as people when it comes to finances is understanding the power of giving. I told you this last week when I preached, but 20-some years ago, we decided as a church that we would practice. Now, there's no in the Bible that it says we have to do this, but we just decided to do it. We decided that we want to give 10% of our whatever comes into this church away to to home missions or foreign missions. So 20-some years ago, we decided that we would begin to give away to missions, to start churches, to international missions, 10% that came in. Now, has there always been needs? Oh, yeah, drive through our parking lot, there's potholes in it, but guess what? We give away 10%. There'll always be needs in the house. Last year, church wide, not only midway, but church wide, church wide, we, we gave away. To missions and starting new churches and international missions, close to four hundred thousand dollars. Close to four hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. You say, Pastor? Well, can't we? Couldn't we use it to fix our roof? Well, we could. Couldn't we use it to fix potholes in our parking lot? Oh, we could. But I'm going to tell you something. There'll always be potholes to fix. There'll always be a faucet that's running. There's always be improvement that's made, but never, never should we ever hold back from the power of giving because the power of giving replenishes what we have so that we can even give more. Let me tell you what one guy I, I sat down and had I had lunch with a man um, quite a few years ago, and I'll never forget because he made such an impression. When he told me this story, he told me that he told me that when he got married, him and his wife decided that they would every year that they were married, that they would increase their giving 1%. So they started at 10% and every year that they were married, they increase it one more percent. So he was an older guy, very wealthy, prosperous. I, I said, so how long you been married? He said, I've been married 50 years. I said, so let me do the math here. You mean you give away 60% of your income? He said, yeah, right now. And every year it's 1% more. I'm giving away 60% of my income. And he says, believe me, don't feel sorry for me. I'm living pretty well. He says, I give to get so I can give more. I thought, what a philosophy of life. I want to give. So I get, so I can bless even more in the name of Jesus. He made that adventure, decided to test God. And I thought, wow. Now I'm not advocating that everybody in this auditorium decide that they give one extra percent a year. But I am saying this, that unless you give, unless you release, I believe that releasing, giving is the trigger that empowers our increase as well. I believe that God is looking throughout the world to see who can entrust with power who he can entrust with love, who he can entrust with resources. And I believe if he finds someone that he can entrust with resources that just, it all stops with them, then he stops the flow of resources to that person. But when God finds someone that he can give power to, that releases that power to touch, he increases their influence. I believe when God finds someone that releases their love, he keeps loving, pouring down even more love. I believe when God finds someone that is willing to increase their influence and not use it all on their themselves that God gives more influence and I believe with finances it works the same way that when God finds someone that releases their finances and blesses other people that God says I found someone I can pour into because I know it will not stop with them they will release to other people as well amen let me close with this number three Overflow is a result of the sum of choices you make. Overflow is a result of the sum of choices that you make about anything that you have. You want to overflow in an area? Then you have to learn to sow seeds in that area. I've taught you this principle before. If you're here today and you have no friends and you're lonely and you say, "You know what? I just don't have anybody to talk to." And I'm going to tell you what to do. You need to sow seeds of friendship. Yeah, that's right. So the Bible is very clear about that that we reap to the measure that we sow. And this is true in every area of life, from friendships to our spiritual maturity and including our finances as well. I hope that this message has stirred you. I have to say that I have been teaching on the topic of money and finances for many, many years. I've had so many people come up to me and say, When I started listening to you preach on this topic, we were in debt, we were stressed out, we were fighting married couples, but they've told me, and we're happy to say that we're debt-free, we're giving, we're saving. It takes discipline, but it's a spiritual matter. And um, I'd like to pause and just pray for those of you that have been convicted about this message and you know that some changes have to start taking place in how you manage your money. So, Father, I pray for that person right now that is stressed in their marriage, that has to work when they don't need to work because they can't say no, uh, that their finances and their, their indebtedness has sabotaged and spilled over to stress every part of their life, God, I pray in Jesus' name that that would be put in the right place. I pray that they would take the steps now to start to eliminate debt, to start to live on a budget, to start to embrace contentment, to start to put you first, to start living in a way that there's a surplus to give to people in need, that they can also um, give to the priority of the kingdom. Father, I pray for those that are aligning their finances with you today. Give them the discipline, the courage, the strength, the ability, and the faith to do so. I pray this in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Amen. Such a challenging but helpful message today, Mark. Thank you. And if you'd like to go back over it or maybe share it with a friend, go to our website, boldstepsradio.org. And Mark, I can't let this last program of the month go by without mentioning that we want to make sure everyone knows how valuable our resource is this month, our Bold Step gift. Not only does it go hand-in-hand with these lessons and being prepared with wisdom, but it can also foster, I think, a deeper, more consistent routine of spending time with God.
1: Yeah, this is the final day of our Bold Step gift for this month. Uh, We've been talking about it all month. This is our friend Joe Stoll. Um, He was in the studio with us, and um, the book is called Strength for the Journey. And if you are feeling like you need some scripture to give you some power, some strength, some extra stamina to make it through this year, this would be a great daily devotional.
0: And we would like to put it in your hand for a gift of any amount to support this ministry. And who couldn't use some strength for the journey, right? Well, we'll send you a copy of Strength for the Journey when you make a donation of any amount to Bold Steps. Just go online to boldstepsradio.org. Or give us a call at 844-615-7363. That's 844-615-7363. You can also send your gift and request the book through the mail. Address your envelope to Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois 60610. And if it's your first time giving to Bold Steps, we'll also send you a free download of Mark Job's brand new 30-day devotional, specifically designed to help you deepen your walk with Jesus and spend the new year getting more focused on Christ. So with your first-time gift of any size, you'll receive both Joe Stoll's Strength for the Journey and Mark Job's Bold Steps with Jesus e-devotional. Don't miss out on this special New Year's bundle. Just go online to make your first donation to Bold Steps today at boldstepsradio.org or give us a call at 844-615-7363. And by the way, did you know that Bold Steps has its own YouTube channel? Discover new teaching videos from Mark on various topics like overcoming addiction, dealing with anger, and the power of prayer by simply logging onto your YouTube account and searching for Bold Steps Radio. And then click the subscribe button. The website handle is youtube.com slash at bold steps radio. Well that's all the time we have today. Wayne Shepherd tomorrow will continue this series on wisdom with the next message called Starting with What You Have. That's coming up Thursday on Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.